Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. You're listening to the Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. So for this episode, I wanted to uh, make my week one picks for the NFL season. Uh, the season starts this Thursday. Uh, I need to recap my weekend first, but I uh, want to talk about our topics first. And then uh, we're going to check in with the MLB. want to discuss more of the Pac-12 and then uh, where we're at after first couple weeks of college football. Uh, yeah, first wanted to recap my... Uh, my weekend. It was a very long Labor Day weekend. Uh, even though I didn't have Monday off, or I normally have Monday off already, so it's the same length of, of weekend that I normally have. Okay, so yeah, I normally work Saturdays, and I have a fantasy. I had a fantasy football draft on Saturday. This one is with my um, my old college friends. We've been doing this for about 11, 12 years now, right? And then I had another one on Sunday. That's a newer league. Um, nothing bad happened on Sunday, but okay. So Saturday. So I normally work on Saturdays, right? I get out at six. Uh, this draft was at six, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna leave work early. Left work at like five thirty because you know with traffic in the city, it takes me you know finding parking. It'll take me like thirty minutes, whatever. I end up getting home, right? And then we're like on Zoom, and you know there's other people. They're meeting in Portland. We're doing this whole draft, right? And then. Um, so then I start drinking cause you know, we're supposed to, we drink during the draft and, um, an hour later I get blacked out. I'm just gone. It's like eight o'clock. Uh, I have no idea who I'm picking. So I made like the first five, maybe six picks of my fantasy football team. And then after that, I have no idea. I had to have somebody else pick for me. Um, cause then after that, it just got, it got a little messy. Um, uh, I, I woke up. Uh, I woke up naked in my bathroom on the bathroom floor. I was covered in vomit. Um, and, uh, yeah, I had, uh, I had those cut water drinks. I drink, they, you know, they come in, in packs of four cause they're pretty strong. I didn't have dinner cause I just went right after work and I started drinking. Then we started doing our draft cause I didn't want to be late. And then I started drinking and I put, finished all four of them within the first five rounds and I didn't have any food. So boom, it just hit me like a truck. And then, um, yeah, so then I yeah woke up naked and then um, I, I used a I was using a, a towel that was already covered in puke as a blanket, um, so I kept falling off the, my bed and then like everything was moved around. I have no idea what happened, but um, yeah, so my hips are a little sore. Uh, but this is even the end of of the weekend. So Sunday I had you know I've been um, trying to eat healthier and uh, I've been trying to run more and like work out and and get in better shape and stuff. Um, so a few, a couple months ago, I signed up for a marathon, a Labor Day weekend marathon. Uh, it's called, it's the Giant Race. So uh, we start by Oracle Park here in San Francisco, and then we end on the field where the Giants play at Oracle Field. So uh, Oracle Park. So it was like, it's amazing, right? And uh, so I paid for this like in advance. And uh, they give out bobbleheads and shirts and all kinds of stuff. It's a cool event and like thousands of people there. It's like 10,000 people. And I woke up at, and this was the, the next day, the day after my uh, my draft. And I'm fucking, I was gone the night before. I woke up, it's like 7.30. The race is at 9 o'clock. And I'm like, fuck. And normally I would not have gone because, you know, if I'm that hungover, I'm not going to go. But I paid, I paid $100 for that. So I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta make it out. To this race I'm like okay I, I don't know how I'm gonna do it um, so I'm throwing up in the morning I'm just like I'm sick I'm like okay I'm going to go 
to this race. I, it was a 5K, and I've been I've been training for it. I've been running like I've been running like five and a half miles every every like I've been running like ten miles a week, five miles every time I run. So I only I only run on the weekends, but I've been running those pretty well. Like I I wasn't getting tired or like having to walk or anything. So I was like feeling confident that I could do a 5K, which is like 3.1 miles. I was like I feel good. Like I feel like I could do pretty well in this race, right? I'm like I, I can do it. And, but no, I could not do it this day because it was, I was still recovering. I had a, a crazy hangover and I felt like I was dying. Um, so then I, I got in the Uber and I'm Ubering over there and I had to tell the Uber to pull over and just drop me off where I was because I had to throw up. So I threw up in a bush and I'm like, all right, I think I could walk the rest of the way to Oracle Park. I get down there and I'm like, I'm standing there in the line. It's like going to start in like five minutes. I'm like, okay, I got to, I got to, I got to fucking do this. I haven't eaten anything. I've just been drinking liquids to try to, you know, stay hydrated. And then the race fucking starts and I'm like, okay, cool. And I, I got off on like a, a fast sprint and I'm like passing up all these people. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I think I can, I think I could do this. Then I start feeling this pain in my side. I'm like, oh, I, I can't do this. So I started slowing down, but I'm like still running, right? And then halfway through the race, I had to pull to the side and I'm throwing up again. And I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta, um, so then I start walking. I'm like, okay, I gotta like catch up to some people. And then um, I thought it was like the finish line that I saw there because it was like black and white and I'm not remembering that we finished on the field. So then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna pass all these people and we're done. And then I saw it going like this full on sprint and I passed like 12 people. And then all of a sudden, I was like, I start breaking down again. I'm like, oh, I can't. I'm like, I can't do this, right? And then uh, ended up walking more. Anyway, we we finished the race, and I'm, I did the full sprint thing again towards the end, so that I could pass some people. And then like, so everyone's like passing out medals and stuff, and everyone's excited, and I'm just fucking, I'm dying right there, right? And they're passing out water. I'm drinking the water, and then I just, I'm sitting in left field, right? And like, I've never been on the field at Oracle Park. So this is supposed to be a big, big moment for me as a longtime Giants fan, and I'm sitting there, and I just, I could not enjoy it because of how hungover I was, and so I'm sitting there, I'm just kind of hanging out, and I can't, I physically could not get up from the position I was in, and uh, all of a sudden, I felt like uh, I had to burp or something, and there's like a bunch of people walking around, people are just sitting on the field, like, so we're kind of close to each other, I'm like, I'm not, I went by myself, so I'm just kind of like sitting there in my own little area. And then all of a sudden, like, I burped, and I was like, okay, it's just going to be a normal burp. And then, nope, it was not a normal burp. And I threw up all over my crotch and, like, all over my – it went down my leg. It was disgusting. It was, like, all black. It was gross. So it looked like I shit myself. And then I'm like, okay, uh, this is embarrassing. And some people definitely saw me. So then I'm just, like, trying to wipe it on the grass. I'm like, okay, I think I'm good. Um, I'm going to try to drink water. But I just felt – I still couldn't get up, but I was still nauseous the entire time. And then um, I finally got up. I made it up. I'm like, okay, I need to get to the bathroom. But then, you know, we're on the field, so I have to walk all the way up the stairs. And they're doing tours of the dugout. They're doing cool things. And I'm like, I just I can't enjoy this. I can't be part of this. Like, I'm going to die here. Um, so I'm walking up all these flights of stairs, and I'm, like, walking so slow. Luckily, I'm walking behind an old person, so I don't have to, like, be rushed. I could just, like, walk at their pace. I was walking slower than she was, actually. Um, and I finally made it up there. And then I find this little bath, the bathroom, they had two stalls. This guy was in there, you know, doing normal things, taking forever. But I was right next door and I'm just throwing up like crazy for like 15, 20 minutes. Right. And I'm like, okay, I think that's good. I feel good now. Right. 
and I go outside and I'm like walking through, I'm trying to get my bobblehead and my shirt and pick up all the stuff. And then I feel it coming again. And at this point I couldn't do anything. I couldn't go back to the bathroom. So I'm like, I'm going to those trash cans, you know, at an arena, it's like this open trash can where it's in front of everybody. I'm standing there and I'm gagging. I'm like trying to throw up. I'm like, okay, I don't think I can make it. And I'm like, okay, nothing's coming out. So I go back to the bathroom and then I'm there for like another 30 to 45 minutes and I'm in the stall. And then people start knocking. I'm like, I'm going to be a minute. Like I'm in here. Don't knock when you obviously hear someone throwing up. Just let them do their thing. Okay. Like there's other bathrooms. Like go somewhere else. Um, yeah, so that was my race. I I finished it. I placed 600. It took me the same amount of time that other people, like the fastest people to run the 10K. It took me the same amount to run the 5K, so about 32 minutes. The fastest 10K was like 26 minutes, so I was like, it was around there. Um, but yeah, it was it was an awful experience. That was like my first 5K that I actually like signed up for, I think, where I had to pay for it. Um, so I was excited, and I had been training. And then it just, it was a complete disaster. Um, so to recap my team that I picked, I don't remember that I picked. It was um, very random for sure. Uh, I, I'm not not proud of it at all, but uh, we're going we're gonna to go over that. So my first, I had the 12th pick. I know people don't care about fantasy, other people's fantasy teams, but I'm going to talk about mine because, uh, it's, you know, it's my podcast. I can talk about it. Um, so let's see. I had the 12th pick. And so that means, you know, with the snake, you get you get back-to-back picks. So my first pick was Nick Chubb, 12th. And then my second one after that, second round, Cooper Cup, which I feel like was pretty good. Um, I don't know the order of the rest of the people, but I ended up with Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Jerick McKinnon. I uh, got Brock Purdy. I got three Niners players, I guess. Um, George Pickens, Steelers defense. I picked Johnson, Jonathan Taylor pretty early because um, – I feel like he could still be productive, even though he's on the physically unable to perform list. Um, so we'll see. I'm pretty light at running backs. I have Jerick McKinnon, and then I have Kenneth Gainwell, which I didn't pick him. Um, yeah, I have four running backs, and one of them is out for like the first few weeks. So, yeah, that's how I did on my draft. And I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven receivers. So my friends who drafted the rest of my team for me uh, I don't think they did very well because I because then my backup quarterback is uh, is, uh, Daniel Jones it's like okay so I have pretty good receivers Cup, Ayuk, uh, Evans and uh, I guess Bateman Uh, but my running backs are a little light a little light there Um, I definitely definitely was a reach grabbing Jonathan Taylor when I did I just went for name and I just wanted to stash him and see what happens. What if he gets traded? You know, what if he gets traded to a team? Uh, so I, um, yeah, I. <laughs> that's what happened this weekend, and I, I fully expect to lose um, my fantasy football team, my fantasy football season again. So this is the league that is very important to me. I've been trying to win. I have not won. We've been doing it for you know a long time. Um, but I think my I think the problem is like I drink heavily on draft day whether we do it in person or you know this year was i was on zoom for the first time i was like okay i'm gonna do well because i'm on zoom i'm not gonna get that drunk no i i got the most drunk i think i blacked out and then you know i also blacked out last year too and then puked everywhere but i was able to finish the draft last year so uh but not this year um yeah so let's go into i wanted to talk about the pack 12 again um so Last time we talked about it, it was Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, and Washington State. Now, since then, Stanford, uh, SMU, all of a sudden, and 
Washington, no, not Washington, uh, Stanford and Cal and um, SMU have joined the ACC, which, if you didn't know by now, stands for the Atlantic Coastal Conference. Atlantic. Not the Pacific, but now they need to change it to American. Or, you know what? It doesn't even matter, right? People just end up where the fuck they end up and they want to join certain teams. So now the Pac 12 is now the Pac 2. Oregon State and Washington State. And they reportedly want to keep the Pac-12. They want to poach teams from the Mountain West. So they want to bring other teams there. And they want to bring them under the brand of the Pac-12. So I applaud um, the ADs at Washington State and Oregon State for sticking with what they have, trying to rebuild the conference. You know, because they're, they're, they're leftovers, right? We're the leftovers here. Um, I stand with Washington State. In Oregon State, obviously, as being a student at Oregon State and future alum, um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's shameful. So I'm still upset. I hate Scott Barnes and George Klyovkov, uh, who was a, the Pac-12 back-to-back commissioners. They, they didn't understand the job. They failed. They focused on office buildings and terrible things. There was no TV deal in place, even though they kept saying there was a fucking TV deal. There was none. Uh, Scott Barnes had an opportunity to re-sign with the. Um, with the uh, ESPN ESPN network, and it was for a good amount of money. Uh, they left it on the table. They got all all high and mighty there for some reason. It's like, okay, dude, you, like we're the Pac-12. We know what we are. Let's just take the deal. Then they, they then ESPN turned around and gave it to the Big 12, which they accepted. So now they have a TV deal, and the Pac-12 is the only one that does not have a uh, have a TV deal, which will expire at the end of this year. So this is the last of the Pac-12. It's like a I guess it's it's the final year, right, of the Pac-12 as we know it for now and forever. Um, so we're gonna enjoy it while it lasts. Sorry, not Scott Barnes. We like Scott Barnes. Scott Barnes is a current AD of uh, Oregon State. He's the one that's continued to fight for the um, the remaining universities of the Pac-12. Also with um, uh, Chung from uh, Washington State. Those are the ADs. I'm talking about Larry Scott. We do not like Larry Scott. He's the previous commissioner of the Pac-12, who uh, the one who turned down the offer from ESPN uh, okay yeah so now those are that's the team there the, it's so if you want to root for a team uh, or two teams uh, for this season in college football uh, I would choose Oregon State uh, all bias aside of course uh, DJ Ugalele I want to say uh, former five-star quarterback that played for Clemson and then uh, he fizzled out there but he is a transfer to Oregon State now. Oregon State, you know, small school, living in the shadow of Oregon, right? Um, they've had some good years, right? Great fan base, great school, great campus. Love Oregon State. Um, they're gonna be they're gonna be a great team this year. Ten wins last year. We've always been a quarterback shy of uh, meeting those expectations that the fan base has. Um, this year's different. We got uh, DJU, we're going to call him, because um, can't still can't pronounce his last name. Um, Jonathan Smith is a great coach, great guy, knows how to recruit. This is going to kill recruiting. But, hey, let's let's go one last ride here for the Pac-12 as we know it and compete for um, the championship. Let's win the Pac-12 this year. Let's get into a, a good bowl game, maybe a, uh, maybe a Rose Bowl, the last Rose Bowl between the Big Ten and the Pac-12. I implore you guys to root for Oregon State, the, the team, the school, the university that has gotten uh, left out of realignment, even though they deserve to be there. 
um, Oregon left their rival in the dust. They t- but they took Washington. It's like, okay, and then Washington left Washington State. So now Oregon State's stuck with Washington State. We're just going to have to ride this out together. Then Stanford and Cal are like, oh, well, you know what? Let's just leave. Um, they're begging the ACC to go in. I'd rather be in the Pac-12 than the ACC. I'd rather be the Pac-12 than the Big Ten. Um, obviously, we're not the Big Ten or the SEC, but, you know, we are where we are. But, you know what even hurts more about this is the fact that the Pac-12 is going to be hear, – hear me out on this. The Pac-12 is going to be the best conference in college football this year, and here is why. We have the reigning Heisman winner in Caleb Williams, the, fir- the projected number one overall pick in this year's draft at USC. Lincoln Riley, USC, they had an opportunity to play for the national championship uh, last year, but they lost Utah and Cam Rising. Speaking of Utah, they finished ranked uh, eighth last year. They won 10 games. Cam Rising is a great coach. Um, they have a, or not great coach, great quarterback. They have a great program there. Um, they're, they're a tough team all the time, right? Um, Oregon, you know, Heisman candidate, Bo Nix. Um, you know, Oregon State's better than them. You know, they beat them last year, whatever. Um, so there's a lot of quarterbacks that are great in this in this uh, in this conference. Uh, Washington, Michael Penix Jr. He had a great year last year. Colorado, they won one game last year, but obviously we know what's happening there. Uh, Shadur Sanders, son of uh, Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders completely changed that program. They just upset uh, TCU, and uh, you know they have a they have a Heisman candidate as well. Travis Hunter, he plays both sides of the ball. He's a cornerback, but also plays receiver. And he just he played so many snaps in that game against TCU. He did not seem tired at all playing offense and defense. He was the only two-way player, probably one of the only two-way players in college football right now, uh, playing at that level. Um, so just from top to bottom, like you know, I guess minus Stanford and Cal, but um, there's a lot of depth in the Pac-12 this year. A lot of great quarterbacks. A lot of great programs and coaches this year. Finally, the Pac-12 got their act together as far as. Um, competition goes uh, even though it's going to be a dogfight this year just like it was last year but it's better this year because the quarterback's got another year under the belt um Dion's putting colorado on the map putting the pac-12 on the map a lot of people are engaged with the pac-12 we're getting a lot of a lot of these push notifications about the pac-12 in colorado but uh it's the last year and it sucks um so we're just gonna have to enjoy it while it lasts um but there's a lot of quality programs there and it's just uh, it's terrible so now we're gonna see these um, all these great quarterbacks in different conferences, and it's just gonna be, it's gonna be awful. So, um, yeah, that's where we're at with with college football. We have a lot of ranked teams. Um, the only the last conference remaining that is undefeated so far this early in the season is the Pac-12. Um, so that's the only conference that can say that um, so far this year. Uh, there's a lot of depth. So. Um, yeah, looking forward to that. So, yeah, root for the Beavers this year. I implore you to do that since they are being left out of all this realignment. Root for the underdog. Um, they're going to lose a bunch of uh, recruits probably and lose a lot of funding that's not going to trickle down to their other programs. Um, they have a storied football program that doesn't get talked about a lot. Their baseball program is amazing. Um yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff to uh, be excited about at Oregon State. And, you know, they just did a whole new re- remodel of the football stadium. And now it's like, oh, okay, now you're not you're not going to be a Power 5 school. So, um, yeah, we shall see. Okay, uh, moving on, I want to check in with uh, MLB. We're here towards the last month of the season. 
These are standings so far in the American League East. Uh, you have Baltimore still leading there, 86 and 51. They've been a very surprising team this year. Uh, Tampa's just behind three games, 84 and 55. The Central, Minnesota leading the way, uh, 73 and 66. Not a big believer in Minnesota, um, but you know that that's also a weak division. You know because you have Cleveland there, 66 and 73. Then you have Detroit, Chicago. It's just a terrible division. So Minnesota could just be kind of decent. I mean, they could win that all the time you know same with cleveland basically um american league west is pretty exciting so far um they've been shuffling uh the top three basically all year long between texas they were number one for a long time um now they're 76 and 62 now they're in third place two games behind the first uh, which now is houston which they were third for a while now they're 79 and um uh, 61. Then you have uh, Mariners still right there, 77, 61. So a lot of them, um, you know, fighting for the division there. Um, that's probably like one of the best uh, divisions right now. Uh, National League East, uh, you have Atlanta, uh, 90 and 47, running away with that. They're probably the favorite uh, to win the World Series. That team has a lot of depth, a lot of star power there. Uh, the Central, you have uh, Milwaukee leading, 77, 61. Chicago kind of has a wild card spot. Uh, 74-64. Uh, Cincinnati still in the mix, too. Also for the wild card, 73-68. Uh, National League West, uh, you have the Dodgers, 84-53. Uh, Diamondbacks, 71-67, 13 and a half games back. Um, and then the Giants, 70-69. Kind of running out of gas there, the Giants. They were played really well, kind of had that wild card spot locked up. Well, not locked up, but like, you know, during the driver's seat there. Uh, now they're just kind of faltered a lot lately, like last 10 games. You know, they've lost five in a row, four and six last 10 games. I have no hitting, a lot of injuries. Um, but mostly, like, this is just a, this is just going to be a wild card race at this point. You know, you have uh, the American League wild card. Tampa's up seven and a half games. Uh, then you have Seattle, 77-61, and then Texas, and then uh, Toronto right there. And then... Boston still in it, 72-67. and 67. Rough year for the Yankees, 69-69. Uh, nationally wild card, uh, you have Philly leading the way, 76-61. and 61. And then uh, Chicago Cubs are next up. They just beat uh, the Giants right now, uh, like an hour ago, 11-8. And then Cincinnati's right there, the third, 73-68. And then you have uh, the Marlins and the Diamondbacks tied half game out. Uh, 71-67. Yesterday, it was just a four-way tie uh, between four teams there. There was like the Reds, Cubs, Giants, and uh, Diamondbacks. Now, uh, then you have the Giants at uh, 70-69, which is good for ones at sixth place. It's been a good year so far with all the rules changes and people are getting excited about baseball again. Uh, but I would say probably the, um, the Rangers and the... Braves. I'll, I'll pick those two teams as, as going to the World Series this year. And I'm going to go with the Rangers, go with my guy Bruce Bochy winning again. Uh, but the biggest storyline is is getting ready for the offseason. Shohei Otani, what happens with him? He might get another surgery. He got injured. Um, I don't think he's going to be the you know, $500 million player, whatever the massive contract that everyone's going to get him because he was a two-way player. He might not pitch again. Uh, might be out for an extended period of time. Uh, Artie Moreno, the owner for the Angels, is going to uh, regret not trading him because he, I think he's going to walk in free agency, which, you know, he's they're not going to have to pay him as much because of the injury and because he might just become a strictly hitter and not a pitcher anymore, but who knows. 
Uh, I think his agent's definitely going to tell teams that he expects to pitch again just so that he could get that, that big contract again because that's what makes him more valuable is that he's basically two players in one, that he's a two-way player, and he's top of the game in, in both both categories, right? So that's going to be interesting. A lot of people are saying the Dodgers. Um, there has been rumors about the Giants. Um, he did visit San Francisco and got scared and then didn't sign. Um, so hopefully next time he, he visits, hopefully he doesn't get scared and he can sign here. Um, but that is something to look out for because wherever he goes, he's going to change um, the franchise basically. You know, even though he's was he 28, 29, you know, he still has probably, you know, good – I mean, I wouldn't sign him for 10 years because of that age, and you don't want him into, like, the late 30s. I would sign him to, you know, like, five years, but, like, a lot of money, like, 500 million, 400 million or something, you know, just because, you know, we've seen the type of player that he is, right? Um, okay, moving on here. Wanted to make our first picks for, for the NFL season for this week. Um, first game, as I mentioned, is on uh, this Thursday. We have the opening kickoff game. Uh, which is, let me see here, it's going to be Chiefs and Lions. A lot of people are excited about the, the Lions this year, including me. I think they could win the division. Um, so I'm bringing back our uh, weekly parlay picks for the NFL season. Uh, so this first one we have uh, the Chiefs are favored by 4.5, playing at home. Uh, everyone's healthy, fully ready to go, except Kelsey. Kelsey might miss uh, the first game. Uh, but even with that, I'm still going to pick uh, Kansas City minus 4.5. Um, or no, I'll take them with the money line, which is the uh, minus 235. Uh, next, we have Cardinals and Commanders. Uh, Cardinals are without Kyler Murray. Uh, we have Commanders are favored at home, minus 320, taking the, the Commanders there. Uh, Panthers at Falcons. Uh, I don't know. Desmond Ritter is still very young quarterback. Um, has, a I guess, a year under his belt. You got Bijan Robinson right there, uh, first-round pick out of Texas. Um, Panthers, uh, we'll see what happens with um, Bryce Young, you know, uh, rookie quarterback, first game on the road. Uh, I'm going to Atlanta, minus 185. That one's a tough one, though. That's a pick em. You can kind of go either way with that. Uh, Bengals at Browns. Uh, that's an easy one. Browns, we don't really know what to expect from Deshaun Watson. Um has been great in two and a half years. Missed a lot of time. Uh, Joe Burrow seems to be fine with that uh, injury. So I'm going Bengals minus 145. Uh, Texans at Ravens. I'm going the Ravens. Heavily favored. Lamar Jackson's back. Uh, fully healthy. Has a receiving core now. Uh, minus 500. Taking Baltimore in that one. Uh, Jacksonville at the Colts. I'm going Jacksonville, minus 235. Uh, big year for Trevor Lawrence, I think. Uh, Colts, I think there's going to be a lot of growing pains from uh, Anthony Richardson, especially without having Jonathan Taylor um, to you know take the pressure off of uh, Anthony Richardson. He's still pretty raw, so I'm going to go uh, the Jags at minus 235. Uh, you have the Raiders at uh, Denver. Uh, Denver's favored for some reason, minus 135. 95. I'm going to take the Raiders plus 165. I'm like, I don't know. I think the Broncos, um, you know, even with Sean Payton, I think they're still going to be terrible. Um, I just don't think Russell Wilson has it anymore. Um, and then for the Raiders, I actually like Jimmy Garoppolo in that offense. Um, reunited with, um, what's his name, Josh McDaniels. Um, you know, obviously there's some 
familiarity there. Um, it just depends how much he's actually going to trust him with that offense. You have Devontae Adams. You have some You have some good players there. They brought back Josh Jacobs on that one year. He was the, the best running back in the NFL last year. Uh, so I'm going Raiders. You have 49ers at Steelers. I'm going 49ers are favored, minus 135. Even if Nick Bosa is not playing, I expect him to play, though, because uh, TJ Watt is on the other side, and he's always in the running for Defensive Player of the Year, as is uh, Bosa. Um, they should have a, a, a contract extension here signed in the coming days, I expect it. Um, but first full year of Brock Purdy starting for the team. Um, Debo Samuels fully health is like in shape now. Brandon Ayuk coming back. and um, Yeah, I just think it's, it's going to be a good year for them picking the 49ers there. Uh, Buccaneers at the Vikings going Vikings minus 260. Don't know what I'm going to get from the Buccaneers really. Um, they have some players, you know, Obviously, uh, Mike Evans and Godwin. Um, don't know what to expect from, from Baker Mayfield, honestly. Uh, let's see. Next game is Titans at Saints. Um, hmm. I'm not expecting a lot from the Titans. Uh, the Saints kind of up in the air. Like They can either win the division or they can you know be a top-five pick this year. Um, I guess Derek Carr is pretty stable quarterback-wise. You know They have Kamara out for a few games after that assault. Um I guess I'll go Saints minus 170. You can kind of go either or with that pick. Um, and then we have, uh, let's see, we have the Packers at the Bears. Uh, Bears are favored minus 120. I'm going, the Packers are even. So I'm going Green Bay in that one. Um, I, I, I'm not going to know how to bet um, Green Bay until I see Jordan Love for a few games. Um, I know what to expect out of the Bears. Uh, weak offensive line, better receivers. They got some players around uh, Justin Fields, but there's gonna be a lot of running, um, so a lot of broken down uh, pockets, and you know, you know. But he he was a leading rusher right last year for for quarterbacks. He was like a top five rusher all around, including running backs. Uh, but I'm taking the Packers in that one. Rams at Seahawks. The Seahawks are favored minus two forty five. Um, Cooper Cup might miss that game. He's uh, he had a setback in his injury, uh, so he's questionable. Um, I'm expecting a, a another big year from Geno Smith. Um, Matthew Stafford's back fully healthy, though. They always have question marks at the running back position. Uh, defense, um, not as good. You know, without Jalen Ramsey, he was now in Miami. Um, you know, I've talked about the lack of depth there. But I'll go with the Seahawks. And then uh, Dolphins and Chargers. You have Chargers are favored at home, minus 165. I'm going to go Dolphins plus 140. Um. Yeah, I just think they'll have a better team. They'll be a little bit more consistent. I like Mike, Mike McDaniel better as a head coach, uh, even though I like Justin Herbert as a, as a quarterback better, and I like Austin Eckler as a better running back. I just think complete team roster-wise, Dolphins uh, a little bit better. Better defense, too, more consistent. Uh, Eagles at Patriots. I'm going Eagles minus 195. Should be a, a better year from Mac Jones. Obviously, with uh, they actually have an offensive coordinator. They brought in some actual receivers around him, so he should be better. Uh, but the Eagles, um, they're a top what top four contending team to win the Super Bowl this year. Cowboys at Giants have a, a quick division game, week one of the NFL season. Um, I'm going. I'm going to pick the. I don't know. That's a tough one. You have like Cowboys are favored uh, minus one seventy. The line is three for that one. Um, I'm going to take the Giants plus 145. 
I feel like they got better. The Cowboys didn't really get better. They kind of plateaued. If you're not getting better, I feel like you're worse. Um, Bills at Jets. That's a big one. You have the Bills favored 145. Uh, minus 145. The line is two and a half. That's a pretty close line there. Um, I'm going to go with continuity and uh, yeah. I'm gonna go minus one forty. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Bills on that one. I don't feel too good about that one, but I, I just need to see a little bit from Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. You know, regular season stuff. See how they play together. See if he's actually leading the young guys and if they're improving in any way. Um, let's see. But uh, oh, that's the Monday night game. Okay, I like that. That's good. That's, that's a little spicy. Okay, so let's see what our odds are for the first week. We have plus thirty five. 357,700. Those are the odds. So let's see. We put let's put $50 on that one. That's crazy. Let's do $25. Okay. So I'm putting down $25 to win uh $89,000, I guess. That's the that's the parlay for this week. Um I don't know. That doesn't sound likely, but I mean that would be nice, you know. But then with taxes and stuff, I'd probably end up with like 50, 60,000. Which I'll take, but uh, just for the record, I've never gotten every pick right in any weekend in my entire life. Uh, even even wild card weekend when there's just like four games or five games, whatever, I I still haven't gotten those right. So we'll try that out. But uh, yeah, that's all I have for this week's episode. Uh, thanks for listening and enjoy uh, opening week of the NFL season. It starts on Thursday, so you have a couple days to prepare. If you've already done your fantasy teams, um, yeah. Good luck on that. Mine have gone terrible already. Um, this just, yeah, just just from drinking though. But so that'll be fun. But thanks.